Welcome to this episode of Let the Queens Be, a podcast designed to uplift and empower women to thrive, to recapture their dreams and follow a path to fulfilling them. We present interviews with women who have overcome obstacles, persevered, and continue to dream and see those dreams flourish. I'm your host, Christy Griffin, and today that empowered woman is Shayla Ford. Shayla is the director of leadership programs at Focus St. Louis, where she designs and facilitates experiential leadership development programs for women and girls so they can gain a deeper understanding of the St. Louis region, build a diverse network, and expand their capacity to make a positive impact. Her career in the nonprofit sector spans more than 20 years with expertise in nonprofit administration and leadership, strategic visioning, program design from idea to implementation, and youth development. As a servant leader, Shayla leverages her gifts and uses her personal testimony to encourage women and girls to pursue the unique contribution they have to make to this world and to lead where they live, learn, work, play, and worship. She holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in African-American Studies from the University of Minnesota and a Master of Business Administration from Fontbonne bon University. Shayla is the wife of the Reverend Gil Ford, and they have one son, Isaac. Shayla, welcome. It's so good to have you with us today. Thank you so much for being here. I've given the audience a little insight into who you are. Just a smidgen of the many things that you do and the things that you've accomplished over the years. How do you describe yourself? I would describe myself, part of it you shared, as um, a wife and a mother, but also a woman of God, um, a sister, a friend, a mentor, a leader, um, and someone who wants to encourage and wants to make a positive impact. And so I think when you encounter people who know me, they would say, you know, she's positive. She's always listening and willing to give an encouraging word. So I think that's um, important for your listeners to know about me. So you have this very long history of empowering women and girls. Um, why was that so important to you? Why did you choose that particular um, line of work to, to use your talents? Um, part of it is my own story. So I, I like to think of my life had some very specific defining moments. One of those moments was deciding to leave home at a young age because I was in an abusive household. And for my own safety, for my own well-being, I finally mustered up the courage to say, I need to leave, I need to get out. And part of that just led me on this journey of um, self-reflection, of healing, but also wanting other women and girls to know that just because something has happened to you, it does not have to define you. And so for me, part of my healing and my journey has been to share my story where it makes sense to share it, that will bring encouragement, that will bring upliftment to others. So for me, part of it really is linked to a defining moment in my life. And I could have chose to go one way or the other, but I chose me, I chose to be positive. I chose to focus on developing me to be the best woman that I could be. And that everything that has happened in my life is part of the reason that I do what I do and have become the woman that I am today. Thank you for sharing that. You said you left home at a young age. What did you mean by left home and, and how old were you? So literally left home meaning that I left uh, the, my family home and I was 16 going on 17. So still a high school student, still had much going on, but really came to a place where um, I was tired of wearing the mask. Sometimes when you're in abusive situations, you create this facade that the world sees. So on the outside, people go, well, she's fine. She's in high school, she's doing well, she's you know, involved in all these activities. And I was doing all those things, but I also had a secret and I was tired of 
hiding the secret. I wanted to be who I needed to be. And so I decided that I want to take the mask off and I want to um, tell who I needed to tell so that I could be safe and that others could be safe. And so that, that's what I mean by that. And I'm choosing to be really guarded on some of the information that I'm sharing because this is my truth and it is all the truth. But again, we don't understand sometimes the people that we're connected to, the people that also know us who maybe don't even understand or have never heard this part of our story. And so I want, um, I want my family, I want my friends to know that some of you know this story and some of you may not, but it's mine and I get to tell it how I wanna tell it. And so um, I feel empowered and encouraged today because I want someone on the other end who may be listening to this podcast, who wants to learn about how to uplift, how to you know, overcome hard things in life, but that you can still do those things that you desire to do and you can still walk in your purpose. So I think speaking truth to power is part of my purpose. I know that encouraging others is part of my purpose. And I want women and girls and anyone who's in a situation that's unsafe or abusive, whether that's sexual, emotional, physical abuse, that you don't have to stay there and it does not have to define you, but that there is a journey forward that's through healing and through you deciding what you want your life to be. So that's why I'm sharing my story today with you. And thank you for doing that. That's such a personable, personal and remarkable story to be so young, to have experienced that abuse, and then to not only leave your home, but you're also leaving another part of your family structure um, of a support and then go into the unknown at 16 years old and as a high school student. What did that dynamic look like? Did you stay in school? Were you still able to undertake your studies and focus? Yes, um, yes. absolutely I was. Um, for me, school and education was always a pathway out. I mean, I was always encouraged to do well in school for a lot of reasons, but it became for me the pathway out of the situation that I was in. And so if I hadn't have left in high school, I was saying that part of my exit plan is when I get graduate high school and move and, and get on to college, that I will be able to you know, live independently, get the skills that I need, get an education and be able to be economically independent so that I could care for myself. That was kind of like the big plan, but something happened along the way um, and that, that plan happened sooner. Um, so I stayed in school, I graduated, I went on to college, um, I have my bachelor's degree. I also have my master's degree. Um, I also had friends and other women who supported me. And so, you know, people opening up their home to me, people offering encouragement and support to me, being mentors to me, standing in the gap um, was an important part of that support system. And that's why I want women and girls to know in particular that there is support there. And if someone shares this, kind of story with you um, or says that they need help. I hope that other women can be there to listen, be there to support and be there to say, here's some resources for you. Um, so one thing that I wanted to do today is to make sure that if um, there's someone listening who needs resources, there is a national hotline number that an organization called RAIN has. And you can call 800-656 Four six seven three again eight hundred six five six hope are the numbers four six seven three. Um, there's also a local organization um, that does this work as well. So women that are experienced domestic violence or sexual assault can call the YWCA Metro St. Louis. Their crisis line is three one four five three one seven two seven three. Again, 5317273. I'm being intentional about that because it's one thing to say that this is something that happened to me, but because we know the data and the statistics say that roughly four or one in four women or girls will have had some kind of sexual assault or violence or abusive past um, is, is alarming to me. So I know that there is someone listening 
who who maybe has been holding this secret and is afraid to tell or they're afraid no one will listen. Someone will listen. And if you need help, I want you to call one of those hotlines, either if you're local or if you're somewhere else around the country listening to this podcast so that you can get the support and that you can be heard and that you can be seen as well as begin your healing journey if you have not already done so. Thank you so much for sharing that information. It's very important to have um, one of the things that um, I have made sure to do this year um, through my nonprofit work was to create a website, a web app where young people can go and actually anyone can go to that web app. It's called pivoting.com, P-I-B-O-T-N-G.com where it gives a, a wide range of resources and organizations and services for people who are facing mental health crisis, who are in those types of domestic situations. Again, as you said, whether it's sexual abuse or domestic abuse, um, that kind of trauma comes in so many different forms. And so it's there for anyone to you know, log on and go through the list of information. It will ask some questions to kind of pare down the list and direct individuals to those resources. But there are many, many resources out there to assist people in those situations. And particularly, you know, when you, if you reach a point of it being a mental health crisis to find a safe house, um, to find someone that can help walk you through that process of taking the courageous step as you did to leave your family home, to leave the comfort that, you know, all of us want to have and know, you know, a home, your bed, that familiarity, people who love you. But if you're in a situation where you're being abused in any manner, um, it becomes necessary sometimes to leave. And I commend you for taking that step, especially as a 16 year old in school with dreams as we all have, that you, you know, made that step and you took care of yourself and you walked away and then you stayed on that trajectory of success. And then you're now at a point where you are reaching out and helping others and then sharing your story so openly and so publicly in order to help other people. So again, thank you so much for being open to that. And thank you for sharing the resources that you did so that people will have those at their fingertip. And again, anyone listening on the podcast, you may not be in that situation, but chances are, you know, based on the statistics that um, Shayla just shared, one in four women or girls who have experienced this type of abuse, chances are you know someone who has. So please jot down those numbers. And if you um, ever encounter someone who has had that experience, please do share that information and encourage them to get the support that is so readily available to them. You mentioned um, when you made that decision to leave home that you had the support of friends and you had support of people who opened their home to you. So um, can you go into the importance of relationship? This is a question that I ask everyone that I interview, the importance of relationship, because if you're building a business, um, in the workplace, whatever your life might be, you know, it's your marriage or your children or within your family. Relationships are so important. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of relationships? Absolutely. And it, 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 relationships were pivotal to me at that time because if it hadn't been for the relationships that were outside of my family, um, I don't know if I would have had the courage to make the decision, right? But I knew that I at least had one or two people that trusted me, that I could trust, that would be there to support me. So for me, the importance of relationships, no matter if you've been in a hard situation or not, is that there are others out there who you could walk this journey called life with, who will be there to support you. Maybe you have things in common. Maybe you have goals and dreams or aspirations. Maybe there is some other reason that you've connected 
Um, maybe it's because you, you know, you're desiring mentorship or maybe someone else is desiring mentorship, but I think it's important. Relationship building is important for so many reasons, um, for that support, for um, what I like to call iron sharpening, sharpening iron. And there's a few women that I say that to who I allow to get close enough to me to give me feedback, to speak into my life, to share things with me honestly so that I can take an honest look at myself and decide, am I, is this what I want to be doing? Is this how I want to be showing up? So I think it's important. And in those relationships, I think it's always also important that it is given and taken its two way. That in those, in, in really good relationships, there's give and take, there's, there's compromise, um, there's putting others before yourself, and there's an ability to listen, listen without judgment, um, listen and offer advice if someone wants it. And even if they don't still again, listening. So I think I've been able to learn how to listen really well um, in my relationships and offer um, friendship and support to others. And I think it's important whether it's in your personal life or your professional life um, that you have relationships that you can leverage. Not selfishly for you, but for the greater good. So I think about when I meet people, what do I have to offer them? Who can I connect them with? How do I add to what they're trying to do, right? That, that's like my focus when I think about new relationships that I'm creating because I have an opportunity in the work that I do to meet a lot of different people. But I'm always thinking about how can I add value to that individual um, and not expecting anything in return, but if I needed to call someone and ask for something that they would be willing, because they know that they could trust me, they know that I've been there, they know that I have their best interest at heart. Um, and so I think it's important for people to have relationships, as well as diverse relationships, right, not just with women, or people who look like you, or maybe have the same thoughts that you have, but people who have diversity of thought, diversity of experience, and that could offer something to share with you that maybe you didn't know, right? So I think it's important to have relationships with a lot of different individuals because I think we learn and grow in those relationships over time. Um, and it can be fascinating to meet people um, and understand who they are um, and understand uh, their goals and dreams and how you might be able to support that for them. Um, and for me, that's part of also what I think I'm here for is to help People understand their purpose and potential as leaders. Um, and you don't need a title to be a leader. You just need to be someone who influences someone else and hopefully you're influencing for the good. So I think relationships are important, definitely. Thank you. What a beautiful description of that. And I um, want to reemphasize that part that you talked about, the give and take that you are pouring into others as well as taking from them. And that's really what creates a relationship. If you're not giving, it's really not a relationship. You know, it may be a connection, a contact, a reference, um, but it's not a relationship. The relationship really requires that there is a give and take. And even though, as you mentioned earlier, you may have this facade that everything is perfect and wonderful and you're so accomplished and you're focused, but every one of us has something, has a need that has some degree of brokenness and hurt within us. And we need that person um, to be there for us as well. So that, that giving part is so important. And, um, establishing relationships and you never know at what point down the line when that relationship um, may come back to serve you as well or when you'll be able to serve that per uh, person in a need that they have. So thank you for sharing that. Um, in all of those relationships that you may have had in the back of your mind as you were um, sharing your perspective, what one person really influenced you? What, what one person fed into you the strength and the courage and faith that you had to be able to leave your home and go out on your own and carve this new path? Um, I'm going to share about a woman who I met a little after I left, but I, I think that she was pivotal for me in the time that I met her for a lot of reasons. Her name um, is Mrs. Miss McFadden. I'm going to call her Mama B. And um, I met her 
through an internship. Actually, when I was first starting out and I hadn't graduated college yet, but I was in an organization in an internship and I met this woman and she was so genuine and kind. And because of what I had been through and I'm, I'm just you know starting my healing journey, I kind of didn't know how to take her. I was like, why are you being so nice to me? Like I had this whole attitude, like, why are you being nice to me? Why do you, you know, all these kinds of things I couldn't receive from her because I wasn't in a good place when I met her. Mm. But over time, she continued to encourage me and uplift me and be with me. And we shared the same faith. And so she was also being a model of what it meant to be a woman of God, what it meant to be a woman of faith. And that she should she could show up at work and do the work that she did, but that she also had time, not just for me, but because she did this for many people, but had time for me in her day to say, how are you? What's going on? And not just like that, I'm fine and kind of walk away, but I would sit down and just have a conversation with her. And sometimes it would be five minutes, sometimes it would be 30 minutes, but just have a conversation and share. And through that, that showed me the power of mentorship that showed me the power of um, influence wherever you are because I also was kind of like it's work I don't want to talk about my personal life here and but because of her kindness she drew me in and really began to shape just how I thought about other relationships um, and so that's been someone who is still a mentor to me is still someone very important in my life um, we don't talk as often, and that's probably mostly because of me, because I'm like, I like to talk and check in when I like to talk and check in, but I did visit her like a year and a half ago and just wanted to be in her presence, just wanted to make sure she was good, given what life throws at us, and it was good to just be with her. So this relationship has lasted years and years and years. And it has morphed into me just being the mentee to sometimes me being the mentor, um, really me calling her mama and being okay with that. And she knows my mom. So it's, it's not like a, you know, a rivalry thing, but it really is that there could be many women who speak into your life, who stand in the gap for you and who encourage you. And so I, she's just one of those women um, and there's many others. But she's the one that I want to call on her name today because she's not just been there for me. She's been there for many other women. And I know that because I know her heart. I know those mm -hmm. relationships. I know some of those women too. And I think it's important, especially talking about empowerment and being our best selves, knowing that we can surround ourselves with other women who can uplift us, who we can let our hair down with, who we can share those personal stories, trials and triumphs and still know that that story is safe, that we're gonna be encouraged, that there's no judgment um, and that you can feel that love in that relationship. And I want all women to have that. And some of us hadn't had that before or we're working on that, right? And so she was a really great example for me and has been um, and is part of my motivation that I absolutely have to pay it forward to other women and other girls. Like I want to be what she was to me to other people, if that is what they need me to be, right? And sometimes exactly. that's just a word of encouragement. Sometimes that's a call to just say, I'm thinking about you, how are you? Other times it really is taking time with individuals and saying, yes, we're all busy, we all have things to do, but I'm gonna make time to have a conversation with you to see really how you are um, and know that I'm listening um, and that I have the best intent for you in whatever response or feedback I may offer, if that's what you're asking of me. So thank you for asking that. I love sharing about her. She is, she's amazing. That's wonderful. <laughs> and I'm also glad she sounds like a very wonderful person. Um, and I'm glad that you ended with you wanting to be that person to someone else as well, because I think that's something that, you know, hopefully, all of our listeners will recognize that we need someone feeding into us, but we also have the ability to feed into someone else. You know, we don't have to have accomplished, you know, these magnificent things or have a name or, you know, be anything special 
in the world other than just being who we are and someone who cares and someone who is willing to listen because that might be all someone needs on a particular day is just someone to listen and to know that someone cares. So thank you again for um, bringing that up as well, that you can be that, that Ms. McFadden, that Mama BB, um, that she was to you. So I asked for one person and that person, as you mentioned, started at the, in a sense in the second half of your life. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to that person that fed into you that gave you that courage, that established the faith that you have. You have such a strong faith now um, that gave you the wisdom that you had and the tenacity to, to leave home. And at the same time as a high school student, when so many, unfortunately, so many students drop out of high school, particularly here in Missouri, we have very dramatic um, dropout rates because of situations like this, because of um, domestic situations, so many students um, drop out of school. So who is the one person you would say mm -hmm. helped shape the person that you were at that point, up to that point? Mm. I don't know if it's just one, but I, I'll give you two people that were important for different reasons. One, um, I have an aunt who, um, who introduced, who, who had a way about her excitement about her introduction to Christ that also gave me excitement about who is this Jesus that she's talking about. And so the ability to, um, you know, back when I was growing up to, to be involved in church activities and, and, you know, the bus or the van to come around your neighborhood and pick up kids, even without your parents and take you somewhere so that you could learn about God and his love for you was important. And so my aunt was, one woman that did that. When I think about the path of education and the importance of it, my mother was a teen mom. And so she dropped out of high school so that she could have me and raise me. And so um, that was important to me because she always encouraged me to do well and always celebrated those victories. And I think it, for me, it was I want to go past where my mom went, right? She had me and I, and she never used me as, you know, like an excuse or that she was sad or any of that. But I know that she made a choice and her choice was me. And her choice was if I give into this young girl and encourage her, then like I can celebrate and my life, that's something that's meaningful for my life. And so I would say those two women at that particular time, because before I made that decision, those were the women that I probably was most in communication with, right? And so it, it's those two. There was another woman who was a friend, um, a friend of mine's mom, who once I shared that I needed to leave and that I needed to get out, she, she connected me to another woman who said, I'm an advocate. Um, I will, you know, I will try to find resources or support or help you. Um, and for a little bit, those two women opened their doors for me so that I wouldn't need to stay in a shelter, um, but that I could still be in a home environment until we kind of figured out what are we going to do. And so for me, like naming one is hard, right? Because there was many women that, I, I mean, you know, if you would have asked me before that happened, I wouldn't have been able to say it's this one, this one, this one, this one. But when I took that courageous step forward and made the choice that I made, it seemed as if these women um, who maybe were in my circle for whatever reason began to stand up in a different way for me and began to provide the support for me. So they may have already been, you know, in my, my network in some kind of way, um, but maybe not in that particular way until I said what I needed, right? And that they could see that I was making a courageous choice. And then it was like, no judgment, no shame. What do you need? How can I help? And so many women just stepped up. So there's even more than that, but those are some of the ones that I'll share with you today um, because I think it's a, a tribute and testament again to relationship, again to the fortitude of wanting to support others in community and what that means. Um, and that you want people to succeed. You don't want 
something that can define you in a very bad way to be the only thing that defines you. So I just feel like they stepped up and were they were different things to me right at the time when I needed them. That's so awesome. I know you asked for one, but that, there, there, there is not just one. Exactly. Just one. <laughs> and, and I respect you giving a nod and a shout out to all of them. Um, I also want to give a shout out to the church bus drivers, probably the the most under-recognized and, and, you know, praised people in the church, but they are the very ones who, you know, take their time out and volunteer their time and, and drive all over any given city and pick up people, and particularly children whose parents, you know, may not bring them to church and make sure that they get there every Sunday. And it's, it's you know, such a special role. It may not seem like that to people, your quotes just driving a bus, but you know, that's just an incredible role to take someone's life and, and in, in a sense, in a different sense, bring them to Christ. And, and then as you know, you are a perfect example that once you have been led to Christ in that in that way, brought into the church, into the sanctuary, to be surrounded by people of faith. Um, it, it's gradually feeding into you and building your strength and your faith so that when there comes a time when you're faced with a situation that you have the scriptures to fall on, that you have the belief and the faith that God is going to bring you through it. And so I just wanted to take that moment to give a shout out to the church bus drivers. Thank you very much for what you do and, and to everyone in the church. Um, there's so many different roles. You know, a church is not just the preacher and the first lady um, as you are. Um, there um, are other you know, roles in the church as well that are so important in making it a community and making it um, a church. Um, let, me, let me interject something. I, I think about the like even kind of like the tagline when you introduced me that I say that I equip individuals to lead where they live, learn, work, play, and worship. And to me, mm -hmm. part of that is, again, it's not necessarily a, a particular title, mm -hmm. but when you're leading where you are, like the bus driver, mm -hmm. they're leading where they were, right? I, I lead where I am now and influence others because I want them to lead. But it's all about you understanding your power and your influence and being able to lead. And when you are equipped with new information or more skills or given the opportunity to reflect back on what has helped you become who you are, that's what leadership is to me. And that's why the roles that I've had in my professional life have led me also to this. We, we, we didn't really touch on it, but I'm gonna share with you because I think it's important that sometimes people are like, there's so, yes, you are in the driver's seat of your career, but when you also know that there is something bigger and better and that sometimes what, you, what your plan is and what you end up doing might not look like what you had in your mind, but it's exactly what's in the mind of God for you. So. I worked at an organization that was a nonprofit specifically helping um, people in poverty and wanting them to be self-sufficient. Then I went to work voluntarily first, but then as a, as a staff person with the NAACP who was all about civil rights and social justice. Then that job moved me to St. Louis. I'm not from here. <laughs> so I'm a transplant, but I've been here long enough that, you know, that doesn't matter except when I can't answer the question, what high school did you go to, right? It, it was kind of funny when I first came here. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? But then because I also knew that my desire was to work for an organization whose mission was to empower women, then I worked for the YWCA. And then now I'm with Focus St. Louis. So when I think about nonprofit work when I think about helping others. Once it was kind of helping you out of poverty. The next was how do we support you to get, you know, fair rights, fair equity in community? How do we break down, you know, oppressive systems to how do we help the individual woman and girl 
on her journey, but there also was a, a, a place about breaking down oppressive systems with the YWCA. And now when I think about the work that I get to do at Focus, really looking at civil issues or civil education and leadership so that we can empower individuals in our community to, to help our community thrive. And each, each of us gets to choose that as a leader, right? We're, we're not saying that everybody's going in this one direction except the direction that I am a leader and I have something to offer and to contribute. Mm -hmm. So I feel like my work is everything that I've ever done, every yes or no that I've ever said has gotten me to where I am right now. And I get to do this work. And if I wasn't doing this work, I'd still be doing this work. And here's what I mean by that. Some people are like, well, what would you be doing, you know, if, if you didn't have, if you could do anything and weren't paid, I would be doing leadership and empowerment workshops. And I have done that in the past. I've created materials that I know will empower women and girls beyond where they are with a focus on what I've experienced in my life so that I can give them information and tools. So hopefully they don't have to stay stuck or maybe they don't have to make the same choices and I've made mistakes along the way that I've made, but that they can learn from my life so that maybe they can decide what they'll choose to do with their life. So I, I just, I had to say that because it's interesting how those dots connect. And sometimes we think that I'm in control of this plan and I want it my whole life mapped out and I know I'm gonna do this and this and this and this. And God said, no, you're not. <laughs> and because I believe in him and because I trust in him and because he's been such a foundation for me for a very long time, I can say, I trust the plans that you have for me because I know they're for good and not for harm. And his word tells us that. And so I, I just kind of laugh now, even when I look back because everything, my mentor, Miss D used to say, everything that you go through is preparing you for what you're going to do next, right? And, and what I just showed you is that every position that I had prepared me for the position that I'm at right now. And, and we shouldn't take for granted defining moments of our lives. And our yeses and nos lead to where we are. And, and like I said, they haven't always been perfect yeses and nos, but I'm clear that my path has been marked out for me. And that when I share that with others, that gives them permission, that gives them the power and encouragement to know that they get to choose how they wanna lead in our community and what they wanna do you know, to impact positively and make that contribution um, for themselves, for others, for the community at, at large. Excellent. You know, you mentioned opportunities, which actually was leading perfectly into my next question. However, you also talked about wanting to do empowerment workshops for women. Mm -hmm. And this coming December 10th and 11th, the evening of December 10th and going into December 11th, Let the Queens Be is actually having an empowerment workshop for women. And if you have that time available um, off camera um, in a previous conversation, we talked about you know, the connection that you and I made and working together. And I see that as being you know, the perfect opportunity to see where God is leading the two of us. Exactly. So, you know, I know I'm putting you on the spot right now, <laughs> but you, know, you can check your calendar and let me know okay. if you're available either one of those days or both of those days. Um, and then, of course, I want to in, invite the listeners um, to, you know, sign up for Let the Queens Be. You can, we're you know, on a Facebook page of the same name, Let the Queens Be. And the invitation is there or contact me at my email address, christygriffin at gmail.com. And I can send you the link to register. Um, but I did want to um, give that little promotional shout and that invitation to you. It would just be extraordinary to have you join me uh, in that workshop because, you know, we are just so aligned in our faith, in our vision, in our desire to help see women grow and be the best that they can be. And we both know that God has so much more in store for all of us. Absolutely. And to be able to help someone on that journey to fulfilling that, um, 
and to do it with someone who has a servant heart as you do um, would just be such an incredible blessing. So I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> and, not, and I won't even have to- I will get back to you. I will, because I'm like, let me, let me check the schedule, but I, and not a but, I will get back to you and I will let you know. And, and my thing is, if it's not this time, I feel it's going to be this time. So I'm going to tentatively say yes, but really come back and confirm it. But I also think there's other opportunities, right? Absolutely. Because this is, this is like you and I both said, just at the beginning of an opportunity for us to come together with the vision that God has given each of us, like you said, that is in such alignment. So I don't, I, I know it's the first invitation um, for something <laughs> like that. So I'm looking forward to just, you know, talking with you more about it and seeing if it's something that I'm able to do and then we'll we'll plan it from there. So. And bringing, bringing it up now really was confirmed for me when you started talking about the yeses and the noes because there are times when we should and shouldn't say yes and there are times when we should and shouldn't say no. And learning that distinction is actually part of the workshop. So when you said that, like <laughs> I, I have to extend this invitation. I, right. I can't wait until the interview ends. I have to do this right now, um, and just because it, it is very, very important. Um, sometimes we say no to opportunities. Sometimes um, we're saying yes when we know we're depleted and need to say no. So we will definitely delve into that. I am praying that your calendar is open and you'll be able to join us. And also, you know, we have time to, to mail the, both of the visions that we have. I have, you know, a workshop I developed actually 15 years ago and, you know, I'm tweaking that for, for what I've learned over those 15 years. And then, as you said, you actually have you know, done your own work and creating your workshop. So we have time to, to bring the two of those together. Absolutely. And um, that is absolutely wonderful. So let's circle back to opportunities as we just have witnessed. They come, right? They just come at any <laughs> given time. So let's talk about how um, opportunities arise. They're presented actually recognizing an opportunity, you know, and how to recognize them because sometimes they're right in front of us and we miss them. We're so focused over, you know, here that we're missing the opportunity that's before us. And then also creating opportunities, maybe creating them out of relationships as just happened. Right. So let's, let's talk a little bit about opportunities. Opportunities in my mind, I, I love opportunities because I'm always like, know that there's more that I can learn, there's more that I can do. But I think what I've learned over the past few years in particular is opportunities that are in alignment with what I feel my purpose is or what my kind of high level goals are for the year. So every year I create a vision board and my vision board always has my family, it always has God, it always has something about women on the board. And so when, when I know that there's things that are, you know, you, you kind of begin to know who you are and what are your things. Leadership are my things. Mentorship are my things. Talking about and sharing my faith are my things, right? And so when you begin to understand who you are and you begin to set goals for yourself, then your yeses can align with your vision for yourself. And your no's can really be, no, that's not right for me. However, I usually say a no and then say, but can I connect you with someone else who I know would be perfect for this opportunity or it seems to be in alignment with what they're trying to do right now. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes it's first starting, do you know who you are and what you're doing? Are you clear? When you're clear, then you're able to see the opportunities and go, is that my opportunity or is that someone else's opportunity mm -hmm. that's connected to me through the relationship? And so I think that's important. Sometimes you have to create opportunities for yourself. And so one example of that is the work that I currently do at Focus St. Louis previous to COVID was all in-person leadership development from an experiential basis. So we're always creating an experience for someone to understand who they are as a leader. Well, that's really great when you're in person, but when you have a pandemic and you need to <laughs> no longer be in person, but move to a virtual platform, that, that, that can be hard to transition, right? 
Um, and so at first I was like, I don't know if I want to do that because I'm real comfortable in the room because I can read the room. I get the energy from people. I can bring the energy. I'm good at that. I don't know if I'm good at looking at someone over the camera virtually. But what I decided to do was say, okay, there's an opportunity for me to visit someone else's group and, and see what they're doing and learn from them. And I'm like, oh, I can do this. And then I went immediately and said, let me find some workshops or some webinars or some training. And I brought it to my leader and I said, I feel like if I get this training, not only can I help me figure this out, but whatever I learn, I wanna share with our team. And we all were kind of in that phase. And you know, next thing you know, I've been on you know, doing virtual programming for the past 18, 20 months. And I feel really comfortable with it because I've been able to try it and practice it. But for a moment, I almost missed the opportunity because I was afraid that I couldn't do it and that I didn't, that I couldn't do it well. But with training, but with work, but with practice and sharing lessons learned with others on our team and them sharing their lessons, I feel like we understand it. And it's an opportunity that continues to evolve, right? And so, um, I'm also someone who values learning. And so at the opportunity of something that I could learn and that I could share and that we could continue to do our work was like, that was a no brainer. But for one minute, I was a little afraid that maybe this is not for me and maybe I can't do this. So understanding that sometimes the fear just means go anyway. <laughs> and so I had to go forward and then I saw some examples. I'm like, oh, I can do that. I just need a little training. Here's what I think I need. And then asking for it and getting it and then moving, you know, moving along. So that's a little bit about opportunity kind of from some, a couple of different ways. One, when you know you, your personal goals, then you know what opportunities to say yes and no to. But then also when you see things happening kind of in, um, in the marketplace or in the economy that shifts things very quickly, then you also have to decide, is there an opportunity for me to learn and grow through this and what can I do? Um, and so those are two examples of ways that I see opportunity and I hope that others see opportunity and, and don't remain stuck um, from fear or stuck because maybe they don't feel they have the skills or the knowledge. There are so many ways that you can build your skill and knowledge around a particular issue or subject um, and through relationship, you also can learn what you need to learn or be connected to who you need to be connected to. Mm, what an excellent point. Absolutely. And especially with now we have the internet at our fingertips, those opportunities to learn, to be able to take, to get the skills, to take advantage of opportunities are always available to us, literally 24 hours. So yeah, those, that's an excellent point. So as we get to the close of this wonderful interview that literally could go on forever, I just <laughs> so enjoy talking to you. Um, I, I want to mention you have on this beautiful pop of color that actually blends with your glasses and uh, you know, our, our audience will not be able to see that because this is an audio podcast. Um, but I also see something peeking out from underneath the jacket. Can mm -hmm. you tell me what? Yes. So what I'm wearing a, uh, I'm wearing a pink fuchsia pink. So I just need to get people. My favorite color. Fuchsia <laughs> pink. So bright pink. But underneath is a black t-shirt and, and in white writing, it says armor up. And then it says Ephesians 611. And so the purpose of this today is that anytime that I feel that I need to be encouraged myself, right? I'm not just the message, but I'll wear the message. So this shirt was given to me from a friend and I love the shirt. And I felt today I wanted to be armored up because I knew that I was gonna share some things that were from my personal past that, um, that could be hard for people to talk about or hard for people to hear. Um, and, and so I'm like, I wanted to be armored up. I wanted to have that strength that I needed, right? To just remember that my voice um, is used for good and is used to uplift and is used to build. And when I feel that I remember the word that I stand on, when I remember the God that I serve, who is all knowing, all powerful and ever present, I wanted to like feel that power and that strength today. So that's what I have on. And, and 
I love the word and the word is what has kept me my whole entire life. And uh, I just think it's important for people to understand that, that uh, there's power in the word. And when you believe in something bigger than you, my bigger than me is Jesus Christ. But for everybody, that's something different. But when you believe in something bigger than yourself and you know that he's with you um, and empowers you and can call you by name, I mean, that <laughs> that's some power right there. I get excited about that because that is what, um, that's the message, that's the love that we need to hear. And that's the love that comes to me as I lead wherever I'm in community. That encouragement is coming from a place of love, um, a place that wants to uplift and see others grow and to succeed and to walk into their purpose. So thank you for asking me about my shirt. I know I said probably more than you wanted me to say, but no, no, I have this shirt on today. <laughs> no, I, I, you did perfectly well. Uh, that was what I wanted people to be able to hear since they cannot see it visually. And, and just want to emphasize what you just said. The word is the light unto our feet. Um, it, it certainly has guided me um, for so, so many years. And I know it has guided you and it has guided others and it can guide anyone who is listening who may not understand um, the value of scripture. You may even have a Bible in your home that's covered with dust and not understand the value of the instruction of those words and how they can really just guide you to help you avoid certain situations in the first place. And then when you find yourself in unavoidable situations as you did, to be able to navigate a, a healthy path out of that. So um, again, thank you so much. I am so excited about this future opportunity of us working together with these workshops to empower women. I'm looking forward to and hoping that your calendar is open on December 10th and December 11th so you can um, help navigate this path to um, empowering women in the Let's Queen Be workshop and invite um, the listening audience to join us. And um, thank you again. It has been a blessing to interview you and I'm looking forward to it. This is Christy Griffin. I am the host of the podcast, Let the Queens Be. Thank you for joining us and listening. Please share this with your friends. And if this is before December 10th and December 11th, 2021, please join us in the workshop for women. And um, we'll be signing off. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye.